oppression, suffering, hatred, destruction. We see it every day and more than we ever have before. Looking into the face of evil forces us to look into the mirror at ourselves. These people are our people. These children are our children. These men are our brothers. These women are our sisters. And every day, these who call themselves followers of the man called Jesus are putting their faith where their lives are. But their blood is crying out from the earth, which it has stained. We say, God, do you hear them? But that question already assumes the obvious. You have heard them. I have heard them. So what will you do? What will we do? We can do nothing, or we can do something. In the modern world, today there is a statistic that you would think was no longer relevant. But unfortunately, in the 21st century, it's estimated that there are about 40 million people who are trapped as modern-day slaves. Yes, slavery is a thing of today. Not just a number that existed in the past or exists in history. Modern slavery is really all around us. The problem is, is that most of the time, it's out of sight. And it's estimated that... Um, about one in four children are in slavery today. And most of them, about 70% or so, are women or young girls. And the reason why is because amongst the different forms of slavery that um, are active today, um, one of the main ones that we find that's... Um, that's very active is human trafficking and all of us are aware of the issue of human trafficking um, and most of the victims of human trafficking are young children of both sexes both girls and boys and the exploitation of of young children um, around the world and even here in the united states is absolutely abominable. Um, and then, you know, in addition to human trafficking, you find um, forced labor. Um, so there are labor camps um, in in other countries. Um, and then, of course, you have um, forced marriages, which can be considered a form of, of slavery. Um, and then... Um, a uh, the, the other form of slavery is descent based slavery and so um basically those who are treated as property and their slave status um is passed down uh down the maternal line um but again 40 million while a large number is only an estimate but many of these um modern day slaves are today refugees who have come out of conflict or war or out of um, sex slavery 
um, so the slavery of of children and their mothers. So uh, mothers and their young daughters, uh, usually when they've come out of a refugee situation, have either been the the victims of of forced sex slavery, and 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 um, and a lot of these um, individuals. Uh, have been taken as sex slaves because of uh, due to war or conflict. So, one of the main areas in which um, I've been involved uh, in terms of refugee work has been in the Middle East, where at the height of this of the Syrian war, um, th- there were um, various uh, factions, um, but one of the uh, worst uh, culprits uh, of of the Syrian war. Uh, was ISIS. Uh, so I, if you remember back in 2015, ISIS started to rear its ugly head uh, around the world, really, but mainly in the Middle East and in parts of Africa. And um, they began making a campaign uh, in in Syria and in various parts of Iraq. And their target, their specific target, were uh, those who identified as Christians, those who um, followed Jesus, because as you know, uh, with various forms uh, of of Islam, but especially um, the um, the very radical Islamic uh, groups, there has been a a declaration of war, really, to eradicate Christianity of the face of the earth. And unfortunately, um, many of these Christians who lived in the northern part of Iraq and in some areas of Syria, uh, many of them were eradicated. Many of them uh, were killed. And those that weren't killed, uh, they either escaped and were able to go into refugee camps or many of them were kept as sex slaves. And... um, the situation was dire back in 2015, and that's when um, I got involved and opened up an organization called Live for One, and a, a non-for-profit that um, serves the needs of refugees who came out of that experience, out of persecution, uh, or out of a, a, a sex slavery or human trafficking, and um, were able to come uh, to the country of Jordan were um, many of them were allowed entry. But as you can imagine, their current living conditions are not good at all. And uh, many of them were forced out of their homes, those who were able to escape, and were given basically three options by these radicals, by, by ISIS. Because ISIS, what they would do is, is they would come into a town and begin uh, to paralyze the city by turning off all the electricity. So they would find uh, the main center, um, and they would find the electrician, and they would force the electrician to to turn off all the lights and then most likely kill the electrician, the one who was in charge of all of the electricity in that particular town. In fact, there's a story of one of... Um, the refugees who we actually got to meet. Uh, we're not going to mention um, mention her name here, but um, she she uh, was able to escape, 
But in one of the towns that that she and her family lived, her brother happened to, to be the main electrician, the one who kept the lights up and going uh, in this town. And when ISIS came, they immediately found him, forced him to turn off all the lights in the town. And as a form of showing their their power and that they had taken over, they took um, this man, this this brother of, of the woman that we got to meet, and they burned him alive in the street. And she saw her brother being burned alive in the street. Um, and that, of course... Uh, stayed with her for for a long time. In fact, at the time she had um, she was with child, she was pregnant, and because of the stress, due to the stress of of the um, of of watching her brother being murdered, basically by by ISIS, the trauma caused her to lose the child, and so um, she she never um, really recovered emotionally from from that particular experience and these are this is just one story out of many but this is how they would come and try and disable um, a particular town or city to try and take it over once they did then they would get on the loudspeakers and give uh, those who lived in the town the inhabitants of the town three choices one was you either stayed and then you had to convert or pay a tax you uh, try to escape and leave or be killed or imprisoned. And in most cases, um, a lot of these individuals, a lot of these families would end up giving their lives because all of them were threatened with giving up their their religion and their beliefs. And if they didn't, they were either imprisoned or killed. Mostly the men would be killed and the women would be uh, kept as sex slaves. And so many um, mothers and daughters suffered uh, these atrocities. And this is the this is the condition in which we find a lot of these families now in Jordan dealing with the trauma of loss, the trauma of being oppressed in ways that go beyond anything that we would, even try and imagine. I mean, think of the worst um, atrocities in history. Think of, um, you know, the the various genocides um, by various communist leaders or dictators throughout history. Just throughout the 20th century um, itself, the end of the 19th century into the 20th century. Think about um, World War II, and and what the Nazis um, had accomplished, and the many millions that they killed simply because of their beliefs, simply because of 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 their um, race or their ethnicity, and so here we have a modern day um, example of this type of slavery, of this type of oppression that has existed throughout history. There's a, a quote from uh, one of the uh, Jewish books um, of the Talmud that tells us this most poignant truth. To us who perhaps haven't suffered this type 
of oppression and slavery, or perhaps you have and have come out of it and are now living in freedom. But this, this particular quote really hits at home. This is from the Talmud, and it challenges us in this day and age where um, we, most of us, have lived in freedom, in a place where our basic human rights are respected and where we have been able also to bring others out of oppression and into freedom. The Talmud tells us, he who saves one life saves the world entire. thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. The 21st century can be easily defined as the age of hashtags. We go only as far as our words, our Facebook and Twitter posts. But are we willing to look evil straight in the eye and say, here I stand, you shall not pass? It might begin with a word or a hashtag, but if we truly are for the principles that we live by, then we must be willing to do more. Love, life, liberty. These are the principles that bind us and that define our very existence. There are only two ways that answer evil when we see it. Indifference or action. Life begets life. Love begets love. Hope begets hope. When we become what we say we are for someone else, this is when hearts are reached and lives are truly changed. So we take an area now that has been ridden with slavery and with oppression over the last few years, especially I mean, take an area where you had over 2 million inhabitants. Most of them, if not all, were or are Christian. This is the northern part of Iraq. And ISIS comes in, completely decimates the area. Um, in fact, <clears throat> there were various uh, towns. Um, Mosul was one of them, one of the worst hit, where... Communities, businesses, families, homes, everything was completely destroyed. Churches. And all in the name of purifying the the religion. I mean, take it as if it were an ethnic cleansing, because that's really what it was. Although they were really trying to eradicate those who believed in Jesus, those who they labeled, ISIS labeled as followers of the Nazarene. And this is what really becomes uh, really fascinating because just like the past, 
where the Jews were forced to wear a star, the Star of David, on their clothing to identify them in the society in which they lived. And it was meant to demean them, meant to lower them in front of their peers, in front of their community. They, many of them were not allowed to operate their own businesses. And then, of course, the majority of them were taken as slaves in railroad uh, railroad cars and then taken to labor camps where the majority of them either worked or were put to death. And now we have these people in the Middle East, these people in the northern part of Iraq and, and, and in areas of Syria, where their homes are now being forcibly taken from them, or they're t- being taken out of their homes forcibly, and they they are no longer uh, um, allowed to operate their businesses. Many of these people, educated, well-educated people, who who were running businesses in in their towns, and from one day to the next. They were made into, they were transformed from, from free citizens to slaves simply because they believed in something else than their oppressors. The story is no different than the stories of the past. So in an area where there were, where there were over two million inhabitants of these of these christian believers there are now less than 100,000 but even that number is cannot be verified in fact back in november of 2015 the us senate voted to recognize um, this particular crisis as a genocide because that's exactly what it was and it really became persecution Persecution, a, a modern-day persecution of those who believe in Jesus. So here, this community of, of teachers, of, of well-respected individuals amongst their own peers, are now made into a community of people that were less than. They were made less than by these individuals, by these people who came in and forcibly made them into slaves. Their parents, many parents were crucified in the streets while while children were sold into sex slavery. And, you know, those that were lucky enough to, 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 to live, although they were forced to pay a tax, simply because they believed in, in this man called Jesus, they were marked for death. And in fact, what they did, what, what, what ISIS did, is they, they begin to mark these Christians with the letter N, with, with, with the letter Nun, Nun in the Arabic language, which is uh, synonymous to our letter N. And just like the Star of David with the Jews, this letter N marked these people for death because they were known as followers of the Nazarene, and it was meant as a way to demean these people. And because of this, they, these people are now stripped of all human dignity and the right to life, the right to live. There are so many stories I wish I could share with you, but here's, here's one in particular that, that really caught my attention. So take 
particular priest whose name we will not mention here, who is now going through his town one day to to warn all of the people of his parish, families, um, mothers, uh, 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 fathers, daughters, and sons of this impending arrival of ISIS. As ISIS was moving its way north, this particular priest now is warning everyone of what is to come. And, and he knows their intentions. He knows what they plan to do. But he goes home to home anyway, just like a shepherd does with his sheep to make sure that they're being watched over and taken care of. He tells them what is soon to befall them. And he tells them, look, they're going to ask you if you follow this man called Jesus. They're going to ask you if you follow the Nazarene. They will ask you if you're willing to renounce him or die. And children and parents alike are going to be put to the test, he says. And while the priest speaks to each of his parish, each member of his parish, he reassures them, look, it's only going to hurt for a moment, dear one, only for a moment. And when Isis finally arrives in the town, first, first, they go to the children and ask, do you follow the Nazarene? And the children answer, yes. Will you renounce him, they ask. And, they, and the children respond, no, we won't. And these are the last words that they would hear themselves speak as the parents of many of these children were made to watch each child shot. And this happened with family after family, Christian after Christian. Now, this particular priest, he is told, don't open your church for services. Don't do it. And what does he do? He goes against the orders that were given him and he opens his church for those who are wanting to find refuge and pray. And so they come into the church, Isis does, and they tell him, look, we've told you once, and if, and if we have to come in back and tell you again to close the church, we're not only going to, to kill you, but everyone who's in this church. And so they force him to close that day. But then the next day, the priest reopens that church. He goes into his church and opens it, opens those doors to make sure that the people know that there's hope. And so they, the people come and, and, and they pray. And once again, ISIS comes back. And for whatever, for, for whatever reason, they continue to warn him. They don't kill him on the spot. They, they give this priest a chance and, and they tell him, close this church. Because if you don't, the next time we come, we're going to burn it down. And so what does he do? He closes that day, but the next day, he opens that church up again. This time, ISIS comes in. They don't burn the church. They don't kill those who are there praying, but they take the priest forcibly to his home. And there, when they arrive at the home of the priest, the priest finds other men, other masked men, who are pointing guns at his daughter and his son. The daughter is about nine and the son is about seven. And here the children are made to kneel as they have these guns pointed at their heads. And the men who brought back the priest to now find his children at gunpoint in his own home tell the priest, because of what you've done, because you haven't obeyed, because you haven't renounced 
your belief in the Nazarene, because you haven't closed the church, we're going to give you one more opportunity. But here's how we're going to do it, the men say. If you don't renounce this man called Jesus, the Nazarene, then we will shoot your children in front of you, and it will be your fault. It will be on your head. And so the masked men proceeded to ask each child. First, they start with the girl, the oldest one, and ask her, will you renounce the Nazarene? She says, I won't. And then they shoot her through the head. As the father watches the priest, they then go to the younger boy, the son, and they ask the son, are you going to renounce? Will you renounce? Because otherwise what happened to your sister will happen to you too. And he said, I will not renounce. And then they proceed to shoot him through the head in front of the father. And then they tell the father once again, this is on your head. This is your fault because you didn't listen. Do you renounce? They come to him and say, do you renounce the Nazarene and the priest boldly as his children did says, I will not renounce. And they then shot him through the head. Now these, this is just one story out of many, many who had to do the same thing, many that were willing to do the same thing. They weren't going to be degraded. They weren't going to be robbed of something that was so precious to them simply because someone else didn't agree. And isn't isn't this what our principles stand against? Against tyranny? Against hatred? Because, again, we believe that all men are created equal. That's why we have decided to live in this land. That's why so many have come to this land from other places where they have been oppressed and not allowed to to, to live their beliefs, not have, have not been given the dignity and the and, 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 and not been given the respect of being able to be free. Of, of, of being able to exercise their freedom and liberty as they wish, believing in whatever they wish and living however they wish. That's why we have stood up for so long against tyranny and for liberty as Americans and as citizens of a planet where we believe there is one creator that gave us all equality of life to live free. Oh yes, slavery has not only happened in history, it's happening now. But unfortunately, in the country which we live in now, people would have us believe that that slavery, that that tyranny is today alive and well in America. Well, I'll tell you something, it isn't. That's been done away with. Look at the world around us and listen to the stories that I've just shared with you, one among many, and look at the many who have suffered under real oppression and slavery now in the 21st century, and you tell me if we here in America have it bad.
because we don't. Unfortunately, people here have lost their perspective on the truth. It is when people come together and unite in single purpose that we can accomplish wonders. Well, I choose to do something, to be what I say, to live what I preach. I choose to live for one, one child, one father, one mother, one daughter, one son, one our lives living for their lives. So come, put your love into action and live for one. And so we go back into history and remember some of the great men who stood up, some of the great men and women who stood up against such oppression and tyranny. And so we remember one Oscar Schindler. Everyone, I'm sure, has seen Schindler's List. And if you haven't, it's something that you should watch at least once, you and your children, because we mustn't forget our history. We mustn't remember our history as a means to guilt others into oppression. We must look at history and use history as a means to free us from the oppression of the past and the oppression that men still try to bring about to enslave their fellow men. So here Oscar Schindler comes in, an entrepreneur, a businessman, and and yeah, he was himself a Nazi. In today's uh, culture today's social justice warrior culture he wouldn't be dared looked like uh, looked at as a hero even though he did what was right why because he was a nazi but because it was because he was a nazi that what he did was even more powerful because he dared to push back against what most would call a sure way to find imprisonment and even death he went against his own party and yet he was responsible for saving the lives of more than 1,200 Jews with his own time, with his own money, with his own sacrifice. And even when he became the hunted and would seek escape, he mourned that he had not done enough. He pleaded with himself, with, with the world, even if, 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 if that's how you could see it, if only he could have saved one more, just one more, because there were so many that he couldn't save. But he did 
what he could, and he did the right thing in a time when the politically correct thing was to take out these individuals called Jews, and because of their ethnicity and their religion and their beliefs, but this man said, no, I won't do that. I won't participate in that. And he did what others didn't have the courage to do. And today we need those type of heroes who are willing to stand up against tyranny and oppression because it's still happening. And there are various people all over the world who have suffered and continue to suffer such genocide, such oppression, and such slavery. And yes, even with refugees who've come in through this country, even with people coming in through this country illegally, they have been brought by a lot of evil men who are now bringing in children and women and families to separate them, yes, to separate them so that they can use these children for sex slavery and for profit. And yes, unfortunately, there are evil men in this country who are partnering with these other men, with these groups who are oppressing these people. It's evil. It's wrong. And so the question is, what are you doing about it? What am I doing about it? What will we do about it because right now there is a cry for justice a cry for social justice against racism against those who hate others simply because of the color of their skin but unfortunately this particular fight is being misused and taken advantage of for the sake of political expediency of groups not of individuals of groups Because just like what we had looked at a few weeks ago on our last show, Martin Luther King stood up against such racism and hatred, but he didn't do it at the expense of those who who, who society called the oppressors. Because today in our world, if you are of a certain color of skin, you are oppressed. And if you are of another color of skin, you are the oppressor. And there, there are no gray areas. There's no line outside of that. And now people who have political ideas Ideologies and political um, uh, 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 desires to 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 take over and to expel the current powers that be, all in the name of justice, are not realizing that they are robbing or threatening of robbing others of their freedom in a place where freedom is already treasured. And we look at these other countries, these other situations like this refugee situation and those who have really suffered imprisonment, those who have really suffered genocide, those who have suffered the loss of loved ones simply because they believe in something or in someone that doesn't agree with someone else. These people can tell us of the experience of real oppression. And here we dare, we, we dare cry out for justice and dare cry out for 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 freedom from oppression we've lost our way our perspective and we mustn't allow for that truth to be lost yes slavery did happen in this country 
but it is no longer alive. It, 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 that systematic racism of which people speak of is not currently alive. Yes, there are those who still hate others because of the color of their skin. Yes, there are racists. And yes, there are people who are white supremacists. But that doesn't mean that everyone who is white agrees with that and everyone who is black is oppressed that doesn't mean that because in this country all men are created equal and while this country in general has not lived up to that expectation a hundred percent the fact still remains that these refugees whom we have been helping who are now living in jordan and are 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 being um, uh, still being mistreated and and have suffered much are actually trying to come to this country because in this country the freedom to practice one's religion the freedom to 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 be able to speak one's mind is still respected but now these very freedoms which we have treasured for so long and continue to treasure and continue to live by are being threatened and day by day we see governors we see leaders who are succumbing to the oppression of the mob unfortunately the freedom that the people here are taking advantage are taking advantage of is something that they don't realize is being taken from their own selves and at the same time the rest of us are suffering the consequences I mean, check out the articles, check out all the posts on social media and, 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 and look at the, uh, all of the time that the mainstream media is spending on telling the whole country on telling us all that we are guilty as charged. We are guilty. You know, something that the world and even, even the church in terms of, in terms as as a power, as an organization, has been good at is throwing stones. See, this is the justice. This is the so-called justice of men. Taking stones and throwing them at all of those who are guilty, at all of those who don't say the right thing, who don't write the right thing, who don't agree with the right ideology. Throw stones at them because they don't belong. And what they have forgotten is that the God that we believe in, the God who, who has created all of us as equal, offers justice not by throwing stones, but offers justice in mercy, offers justice in forgiveness, offers justice and reconciliation. The church and the world don't. This is the best that we can look forward to in this world. Because so far, it seems that every time the mob pushes and pushes and pushes, the powers that be give in and give in and give in. Not because they agree, because of fear. The politics of fear. And that's been how oppression has been able to come in and take over all throughout history. Fear. Not by love. By fear. And all in the name of justice. We've lost our way. But we can we can change the paradigm. 
Not just by standing on solid ground, not just by standing on what we believe in, not just by standing on the principles that are undeniable, the truth of our existence, of our creation, of our equality, the truth of our value as human beings, no matter what we may believe or not believe, even if we don't say the right words, even if we don't agree with the right ideology or the right party or the right religion, it doesn't matter because freedom is given because of our creation, not because of the color of our skin. And unfortunately, even those who would stand up against so-called racism are using hate as a means to try and bring about justice. If this is the world that we have to look forward to, if, if we're seeing the signs of, of a better world to come here on this earth as, uh, from what we see now, then get me out of here as soon as possible. Because... That isn't true justice. That isn't true resolution. Resolution can only be found in reconciliation. Brother to brother, sister to sister, regardless of where we come from. And only when we do that will we find a true peace. Peace is not something that comes at the expense of one group or another. Peace is something that comes when groups come together, regardless of what history has shown uh, our country or other people to have been. Oppressor and oppressee have to come together. It's the only way. But unfortunately, many will see this and hear this and call it hate. Many will call, will, will try and break this apart and say that we're not for black lives, that we're not for those who, 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 are, who, who are of a different color. Oh, yes, we are. Because all life is created equal. And the sins of the past cannot be erased by creating more oppression in the name of social justice. These refugees that we've talked about are just one group who have really suffered oppression in the modern age, and there are many more, and our organization, Live for One, has stood for them, and we're continuing to stand for them. So, instead of getting in, 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 in the middle of the scuffles of this fight here in the United States, uh, and, 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 with these, and, and with the mob justice, instead of arguing with them, why don't we turn to where oppression is really happening and help them out of the trenches of hate because there are still people who are in great need people who have really lost their loved ones have lost their dignity have lost all hope but when we stand together with them we can truly be a light in this world in the middle of all this darkness that we're seeing happening in our country and globally Look, there is no saving our country. There is saving souls. There is saving of the human race. That promise has been given by this man called Jesus. We have looked at it. We've studied it. We've talked about it. Show me another way. If this, if this way seems to be a fairy tale, then show me another way. What else lies ahead that gives us any hope of turning all of this around? The only truth that exists that shows us a way out 
is the way that Jesus gave, the way that he lived, and the words that he spoke. He lived that life. He called others to him whose society said were less than and didn't belong. Is that not what we should be to others? Is this not what we believe? And these refugees have lived that very thing because they've given their own lives for it. There have been a few families that we've been able to help to come to the United States and even to Canada. There's an organization called Mercury One Charities who really started this um, this particular cause uh, at the height of the Syrian war. And they've been able to save more than 10, 11, 12,000 lives because they've decided we're going to be the light. We're not going to go over the cliff with the rest of society. Well, neither will I. What will you do? Our choices are very limited, but the one thing that we can do, that we have the power to do, is to be the light. Do that today. Be the light. Be the difference. I know it sounds like a, 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 a you know, like a cliche that we're constantly talking about, that we're constantly shouting, for, you know, from the mountaintops through 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 different commercials and through media. But it is really the the best call that we can make for humanity. Be the light. Be the light. Help us. Come together and join hands with us. Because when we join hands, we can really accomplish the wonders and the hopes that we have all longed to be a part of. In the midst of this world, perhaps that little piece of light can make a difference in someone's life. If you want to know more information about Live for One, go to liveforone.com. And give today, because we're trying to be the light. We're trying to free the oppressed, those who are really oppressed. There's more to do. There are more people to save. Let's join together. And let's be the light. And let's live for one, together. everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Truth Reel. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can do it where all podcasts are available. Also visit us at our website, truthreel.transistor.fm. Again, that's truthreel.transistor.fm. And if you're interested in donating to the cause of the refugees, please go to liveforone.com. That's liveforone.com. Join us as we continue to help our brothers and sisters, especially during this crisis under the COVID-19 pandemic.